This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to our Thursday, June 11th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And today was, I think, a lesson for a lot of people. A lot of new investors suddenly became, let's say, a lot of new traders suddenly became investors. That's the the joke, right? Where new 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 traders, uh, you know, they're making money and they feel good and they're you know they're they're living high in the hog, right? And then risk happens fast and now they're down and then they tend to hold, right? And then they talk themselves into being an investor as opposed to a trader because they're down. So uh, that's kind of uh, what you saw today was teaching those new investors uh, a lesson. And we're going to talk about more about those new investors entering the market, what they te- what they tend to invest in, where's the money coming from, and you know how long it's going to last. Uh, but today was a rebuke. That's the, that's the word of the day, rebuke. And what did it rebuke? And to me, it rebuked three things. One, the technicals. If you watch my YouTube video on Friday, you'll say that, you know, we checked a lot of boxes for the bulls. We got above a lot of positive resistance levels. We recovered a lot of levels that, because we were below before, told us we were in a bear market. And the fact that we recovered those levels was a check mark for the bulls. And the title of my video on Friday was, Have the Bulls Won? And my distillation of the market as of Friday was that if we hold here, yes, the bulls have won. And when I say hold for at least a week, preferably till the end of the month. And today you saw a rebuke of many technical levels that the market is now below in one day. And that was one way the market rebuked, right? The technicals. The another is the economic backdrop. The argument was that we were reopening, right? The the jobs number as I think fudged or misguided as it might have been, it was touted as showing that the economy was coming back. And of course, to some degree it is, right? Uh, the low is going to be in April and we're going to recover. We knew that. Uh, but the market was pricing in that we were going to have a V recovery, right? The, at some point, I think we were flat on the S&P in the year for a very short period of time. And this today was sending the signal that no. 
This is not going to be a V bottom. And it shows you that markets are very unpredictable in the short term. And that ties into our main talking point today. But the markets can price in various economic conditions in the short term based on liquidity, based on sentiment. You know, that was a big thing here was a reversal of that sentiment of bearish sentiment all the way to very bullish sentiment. And those changes can mean big moves in the market. But ultimately, the market's going to generally go in the direction of the overall economy. Generally. Now, the third way this move, third thing that this move rebuked was, and to me the most important, was zero interest rates. And the idea that zero rates for the next two and a half years, is which, which is what the Fed promised at the meeting yesterday. Remember, the market rallied initially on the fact that Powell came out and said, we're going to keep rates at zero until the end of 2022. That's two and a half years. And the market popped. Gold popped. Dollar was down. And it stayed that way for, what, roughly an hour or so? And it closed at the low of the day. Remember, closing at the low of the day is typically a very bearish sign. And you saw that gap down in the markets today. And zero rates are, everyone believes or looks at them as stimulative to the economy. Well, the big question is, with rates have been this low for a long period of time, right? You've, you had a little little bump recently the couple, in the last couple of years, but the market is already used to zero rates. But to me, what this signal is, is that zero rates are bad. And I think long-term, they actually are bad. Why? Because it allows companies to make investments with minimal hurdle rates, right? When your cost to borrow is so low, your hurdle rate for investment also becomes very low. And companies that should have gone bankrupt a long time ago don't, and it stifles Efficiency in the economy. Productivity gains. And that, I think, is part of why the markets had rolled over and rebuked that narrative as well. So this was a big day. And to me, it sent a pretty clear signal. Now, does that mean that the market has to go straight down from here? Absolutely not. Does that mean that this is the end-all, be-all, and we're now, this rally's over, and we're going to go straight down? No. We could easily have a bounce. We can easily have a rally. It could resolve back to the upside, and maybe we close near the highs of the month. And if we do, then, you know, this is just a one-off day. Maybe it's just a shakeout of those new investors. It was just showing that there's a lot of weak hands in the market, which kind of no. So today was a very important day in the construct of the market to understand what is happening 
in the market and the underlying economy. Now, I'm Justin Klein here on Invest Talk, and at my company, KP Financial, we are here to help you. We operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, and so that's why we do the show each and every weekday. And you're listening to Invest Talk. And we have postponed all new Best of Invest Talk program, or we posted a all new Best of Invest Talk program. It's a condensed podcast and ready for free download at investtalk.com. You can also find it on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search Invest Talk. And now I'm here, ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions at 888 chart. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Justin Klein. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Josh from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was calling about Insigo, I-N-S-G. Just looking in to get into this. Uh, seems like it might have some long-term potential in the 5G uh, side of things. So look forward to hearing from you and uh, really enjoy the show. Thanks for everything. This is Insego Corporation, about a $900 million market cap. They design 5G wireless PC cards, embedded modems, mobile hotspot products uh, for various networks. So this is a 5G play. And the big question for me is, will profitability improve? Because it does already look like produced 4G stuff. It has, you know, it has revenue. Its revenues last quarter were 56.8 million, up 17% year over year. They still lost money. Uh, expected to only lose three cents though this year to make pro- and, and earn profit for the first time next year with 32 cents. And it's a $10.23 stock. So my question is, what makes you think that their 5G, just because 5G is going to become more prevalent over the next three to five years, that they are the ones that are going to gain market share? Do they have any proprietary technology or do they just produce it? Because the products they produce now, they are selling for negative gross margins, negative net margins. They've, there's, in the last 10 years, there's no year where their net margins were positive. So to me, this looks like a story stock. I'd really, once again, need to know what maybe about their business or about 5G is going to change the fact that they're selling their products at a loss. I would really need to know that. Uh, now, technically, you know, it had a big rally and it's coming back here. Uh, hit a high of about $15 last month, or I guess that would be in April. And now we're at $9.24. Big support around 7 bucks. That's probably where I would think about picking up if you found a reason why 5G would suddenly turn them profitable, which I don't know what that would be besides just simply more adoption. My main talking point today concerns a story centered on the question, is the stock market rebound? We've seen lately overdone. <laughs> Obviously, my producer picked this article a couple days ago, 
And it was written on, yeah, it was written late last week. Now, there's, there's obviously no definitive answer, but today was a good indication of that, like I said at the top of the show. But we're going to touch on three points that help you put any market kind of in context and how short-term markets operate as well as long-term investments and markets. So we're going to discuss that also. Gold. In the midst of this pullback, gold was down a little bit today. Gold stocks were down a little bit today. But we know that. We know that when there's big market sell-off, you know, margin calls get hit. People need cash. The dollar goes up. And gold often does get hit in the near term in those on those days. And that's not a shock today. Definitely wasn't down nearly as much as the market. But we're going to do a little flashback to March 31st, right? This was around the time of maximum panic in the market. Right Back then, the S&P was around 2,600. Now we're at 3,000. So I want to revisit that and look at the dynamics within the gold market and why you're likely to see that in the future again as well. Also, your Amazons, your Facebooks, your Apples, your Netflixes, Googles, and Microsofts of the world. Is there an aspect of their business, specifically their growth, that the market is not pricing in and is probably going to need to soon? We're going to talk about that. And then lastly, we maybe have time to talk, touch on why these individual investors are rolling dice, what they're buying, what the data behind all this looks like from Robinhood to TD Ameritrade, uh, etc., and I think that's what fueled the downside in the market today, as well as the recent upside. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. It's DPZ. We'll be here tomorrow with highlights with the newest premium newsletter from KPP Financial. Please tell your friends about our April bonus show podcast as well. We call it the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour, and you will soon be hearing a new June Rapid Fire Hour as well. Steve and I will answer 29 questions at a quicker pace in that April 1. So it, it, you can download that for free. And now I'm here to ready to take your finance and investment questions at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. June is underway, summer is coming soon, and the market has been interesting. So you'll have important finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 8899 chart, 8899 We've got a half hour left in the show, so I urge you to get your call in now. Let's go to Sid in Corona. He wants to talk about airline stocks. Yes, hi. Uh, how are you, first of all? I wanted to thank you for your uh, show. Uh, you and Steve are doing a fantastic job. I just love the way you guys explain everything in detail. Uh, how's your day going? Uh, it's going well. You know, it was uh, an interesting day. Any day like this is bloodback. somewhat shocking, but bloodback. yeah, but you know, we were prepared. We didn't, you know, chase the, the highs uh, too much. So, uh, you know, we, we were fine and um, uh, it doesn't shock me. So I'm doing fine. But are you, what do you want to know about airline stocks? Do you own them? Are you looking to buy? What, what is it? I, 
I own right now at the moment about I own save. I own in general. I own about three thousand five hundred positions, like three thousand five hundred stocks, approximately for uh, like from save to American Airlines to United to uh, you name it. I got it basically, like JetBlue, uh, Jet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have all of them right now in my portfolio, and uh, my I got a margin call today because my portfolio tanks a lot because of you know everyone's portfolio tanks today. So my portfolio tanks too. The first early in the morning, I got into a major uh, like uh, dilemma of what to do. So I ended up first like kind of selling 200 Delta stocks because I had 850 of them. And then I thought maybe I should buy some puts and some calls, uh, but it was too late. So I only took one put, which gave me a 40 percent profit today. But I only took one put by mistake. I was in a panic mode, and then I I did a bunch of covered calls. I did like about. 15 or 20 cups called for all the contracts on different dates, some in 2021 and some for like August and some for like June itself uh, and some for July. So basically I just scattered them all over. I, my brain was not working. Uh, and uh, I just started doing options again after 11 years. I lost my shirt in this uh, business about 11 years ago because I was saying naked calls and stuff and uh, naked puts. And uh, now I know I'm not going to do that. So, I did a lot of covered calls today, and I did a lot of, uh, how do you say that? I did a lot of, uh, I only did one, I only purchased one put. So what do you think I should do according to you tomorrow? I should buy it, and what will more save me is going to be Shrix. I, I bought some Shrix today, uh, TVIX, and uh, that helped me a little bit. I'm sure this is going to help everybody. I think, I think you need to... Just get out of the market. <laughs> you, 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 you're, you're, the fact that you are making trades today with not a clear head. Uh, it sounds like you're way into these, uh, these, these airline stocks, which you know we know and we've been saying. You know, you don't buy these, these, these uh, uh, cyclical names with a lot of debt, which you know this is right in the the wheelhouse of of the area that you don't want to be in. Doesn't matter that oh, it went up a lot over the past you know, few weeks. Well, you can see how quickly risk happens. Risk happens fast. And if you aren't prepared for that, then you're going to get a margin call like you did. You're going to get your, you're, you're, you're going to get your you-know-what beaten. And that's what happened. And this is not an environment to be rash to not have a clear plan, to not have a clear understanding of the risks that are involved. And from talking to you, I don't think you have the mental fortitude and discipline to be trading in this market. This We're in a bear market. Bear markets have rip-roaring rallies like we just had. And they have vicious sell-offs like we had today, like we had in April and March and April. So my advice is to take all your risk off the table and sit back. Because clearly, you don't have a plan. Too overweight in the sector. You, you know, you're, you're making all these trades that you're not sure what exactly... What's going on? 
you're caught up in this. This is reminds me a lot of 99. I was young, but I remember it. And there were kids out of high school saying they were just going to graduate and not go to college and just be day traders. Uh, and I see this right now, right? Oh, I don't need a job. I'm just going to day trade. I can get free money from the government. So calm. Get out. Save yourself a lot of money. Because in this environment, if you aren't seasoned, you're going to make a ton of mistakes. Let's go to James in New York looking at VTR, which is Ventos. This is a REIT, I believe, in the healthcare space, correct? Yes, uh, I definitely have a desire to maybe incorporate some healthcare REITs in my portfolio. Uh, I don't know if maybe you thought this was a good level to get into VTR. Well, REITs, I've said this before, remember they're a pass-through entity, so they're, uh, they tend to have very leveraged balance sheets, and this one does as well. So um, I, I would like to own something that has less debt. Uh, this has been in a downtrend even before this whole crisis, you know, peaked in July of last year. So uh, I'm not a fan of this one. I like what you're looking at, but look for one that has much less debt. Now, the next Invest Talk, an investor's goal is to make money consistently in all market conditions, but one analyst sees rampant speculation in the stock market thanks to Fed policies. Is he right? What could it mean for you? That story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 chart Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it. Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team 
addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart. Let's go to Farhan in Pleasanton, and he wants to talk about investing. Hi, Justin. Thank you for your show. Um, no of the last over the last month, I have read uh, that a uh, lot of this power rally was driven by retail investors and retail participation. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I was wondering, what are the right metrics, or what are the more available uh, uh, metrics to measure retail participation? Uh, often they quote either Google searches or Robinhood uh, accounts and Robinhood trades. But are there any more granular or better metrics that measure that? Well, you can get data from TD Ameritrade as well as Robinhood and their account openings, uh, which I was going to cover here in a little bit. Uh, One of my favorite tools to actually use is Google Trends. And this can apply to really anything in life just to see the popularity. Uh, And if you go there and you look at call options, it's at a record high. If you look at things like, you know, stock market, that is also, you know, on a big uptick. Uh, so there's, there's different terms that, uh, are at, at a record high. So, you know, there's, there's just different, there, there are different metrics that, that I use, but uh, ultimately that it's interesting, uh, and certainly can, certainly can give you some context, but this situation is very different. Right. This is a very different situation because of the pandemic, because so many people are at home, bored. There's not a lot of other, uh, a- there's not a lot of the action going on, right? There's no sports. There's, uh, there's just, there's not a lot of shows. I mean, you, you, you burn through all your Netflix shows that you watch. People are, are bored and they have extra money in their pocket because the government's giving them money. So, you know, these are aspects that have fed into this, this rally. Um, and it's very unique. I'll say that. Thanks for the call, Farron. Now, my main talking point today concerns a story centered around the question, is the stock market rebound overdone? And we kind of covered that, but I want to touch on kind of three main points. And the first is that markets are unpredictable in the short term. And what does that mean for you? 
Well, it means that you need to be prepared for a wide range of outcomes in markets. That's why, say, you shouldn't trade on margin. You know, that caller earlier had a margin call, and you can see how quickly the market can turn against you. Markets take the stairs up and the elevator down. When markets go down, they go down fast. Risk happens fast. This is why I always say, just because you invested in something and it went well, doesn't mean that you didn't take risk. You're exposed to that risk. Now, maybe when you were in that particular position, downside volatility didn't show up, but you still took that risk. And many are very often surprised at how quickly markets can change. And history has shown that. That time and time again, the market declines are eventually repaired by some level of a rebound. And in a bear market, you make a lower high. Right now, we've so far made a lower high. So far. Good change. But so far, we made a lower high. The long term, the general direction of stocks are up. But bear markets, they can be vicious both directions. So in uh, 1929, most people didn't lose money on the initial drop. It was buying up the subsequent bear market rallies. Now, long term, as long as the economy grows, profits will grow. And as long as management can allocate capital correctly and compound its cash flow and its earnings, well, then the stocks will tend to go up. But we all know that the path is far from smooth. Number two, markets predict the economy, not the other way around. Now, the market can be wrong in the near term. And I could argue over the past couple of weeks, it has been wrong. But the markets are forward-looking. That's why they rebound well before a recession is over. And so when you're in a time like this, you have to ask yourself, when the market does rally, is this for real? Is this rally a signal that the recession is over? So it doesn't mean the market's always right, but they tend to price it in. And then lastly, the market is more than just an index. A lot of people follow the indexes. And they look at what the Dow did or the S&P did. And why that's a good indicator, it's not the only indicator. Right, right now, the about 20% of the market is in, uh, the S&P is in five tech stocks. Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, Apple, and Google. And if you look at valuations, longer term, the best values tend to play out. And right now, that is in non-US stocks, energy stocks, and financials. Doesn't mean they have to go up now, but understand that valuations eventually play out. Now let's keep things moving. Here comes another caller question from Florida. Hey guys, this is RJ down in Florida. Love the show. Recently got into a deep value play with E-A-F. I think I just didn't do my research and the thing has just fallen into the toilet. Wanted to see what your thoughts were. Know it has a high debt ratio and that's not a favorite of me or you, but I got into it thinking, you know, solid contracts for a few years. 
just don't want to totally throw it away if you think there's a potential for it to come back. If you think it's a dog with fleas, we'd love to hear your honest opinion. Thank you so much. Bye. Dog with fleas. That's a, that's a good term. Something my grandfather would definitely say. Now, this is GraphTech International, and they are in the industrial space. It looks like they manufacture carbon graphic products for metal production, electronics, and transportation industries. So they're they're in the industrial space, like I said. Revenue's down 33% last quarter. Earnings down 34% year over year. $2 billion market cap and uh, about $1.8 billion in debt. Their free cash flow is positive, but obviously that is in decline with the earnings uh, and the, the revenue. But, you know, not too bad, actually. And they're buying back shares. You know, I actually don't, I don't think their debt is too bad. Uh, I would really like to know what's happened over the past two or three quarters, right? Because this is, this started really in the third quarter of 2019, where revenue and earnings turned negative. And you've seen that three quarters in a row. So this has nothing to do with the pandemic. Why is that? Is that something that's short term or uh, is is their technology, their business structurally broken because maybe coal is being used less? I, w- I really want to know why that is. So I don't think the debt is too bad because of that positive cash flow and the fact that, you know, their, their, their debt isn't too big in relation to their, their revenues and their uh, their cash flow. So I don't think it's a debt issue, but I would under, like to understand if that business is going to turn around. Let's go to Wayne in San Jose. You want to talk about the S&P? Oh, hi, Justin. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, mm-hmm. I call your office from time to time in the morning. Mm-hmm. And thank you for that. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been raising cash, uh, Justin. Uh, mm-hmm. At what price can I put the money back to work? On the S and P five. That's a great question. Uh, a, a lot is going to depend on how this month closes for me. Do we close down here on the S and P around three thousand or or lower? Right, meaning we would have a very strong reversal candle on the monthly chart because we popped above a lot of pause, a lot of resistance levels over the past few weeks, and in just a day, basically, we've erased a lot of those gains, and now we're back below a lot of resistance levels. The 200, Now we're below the 200-day moving average on the S&P. Now we're going to come into some support oh. here around 20, 29.50. So if we close the month back below or around 3,000, to me that is a very bearish indicator, and that means there's a decent chance we go back to the lows. Uh, so and I can need for the S&P around 2,900. Here's, here's my advice, Wayne. Here's my advice, Wayne. Be patient. Be patient. You don't need to buy. You took, took some off the table. Good work. Let the market tell you. I can't, I can't tell you how the charts are going to close at the end of this week or the end of this month. Now, when it does, I can tell you what that means technically. I can tell you what the likely outcome is. 
right? But investing is all about playing the odds. If you know what you're doing, you put odds in your favor. If you're emotional and you, you're at the whims of those emotions, you're going to make bad decisions and you're going to make decisions that have the odds against you. So while a lot of people say, oh, the market's just the casino. Well, no, it's not. It's really about understanding the market, understanding businesses, understanding psychology. That's really what helps the most. And it's not just psychology of the market. It's your own psychology. So if, once again, this move to the downside holds through the end of the week, end of the month, that would be a big checkmark for the bears. Uh, there's a saying the best moves come from failed moves, right? So this would be a failed breakout. It would actually be an island top on the S&P. It should be very bearish. So one day you cannot deduce everything. Markets can easily reverse. But you put it all together, you stack it on top of each other, all the data, and you can get, pretty, get a pretty good picture of what's happening. So I can't give you a stock, I can't give you a price in the S&P. Nobody knows. But I can tell you, based on experience, based on the data that I see, what the likely outcome is going to be, and I will, I'll let you guys know. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And during these unusual times, you might have some additional discretionary time. Maybe because you're not commuting. Maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you're on furlough. In that case, I encourage you to explore our podcast library over at investtalk.com. You know, maybe get out of the, if you're new to investing, if you're new to Invest Talk, go back and listen to some of our older shows. You're going to deduce a good amount from every show and build on that knowledge. That's what I tell people all the time is when you're new to investing, you're new to the markets, especially the stock market, you need to be absorbing information. So many people are eager to open an account and start trading. And that can be fine, especially in today's world. There's no commissions. Throw you know, a very small percentage of your net worth in and, and kind of learn. But so many people are eager to... to throw a bunch of money in and trade. And more often than not, they are making mistakes and those mistakes are big. When you only have a few hundred dollars, $500 in the, in the markets, you make a mistake and eh, you lose 30 bucks, 50 bucks, hundred bucks, no big deal. So I encourage you to explore that. Also, if you have a 401k, I encourage you to check out our active 401k program. This simplifies your 401k investing in four easy steps. We use math-based models to guide you each and every quarter of what to do uh, in the marketplace. So we monitor and advise you and to take action. So start exploring investtalk.com. When you're ready, speak with myself or Steve Peasley, send a message or call our KP financial offices in Irvine, California. And we can easily set up a portfolio review assessment by conducting personalized assessments via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. And now, I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial. 
InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial, and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing and the other KPP Financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 8899-CHART, 8892-4278. Now, before the break, I talked a little bit about how the big growth stocks, Amazon's, Apple, Facebook, Google, Netflix of the world, these are a large percentage of the overall indexes, and they're treated as growth stocks. But what we all, what, what a lot of investors don't understand about these big companies that have such big market share is that eventually the law of large numbers starts to catch up. And if the market recognizes that these companies are losing that growth aspect, and not because they're bad business or anything like that, it's just they're so big. There's such a large percentage of their particular marketplace. and you get so big, you end end up growing as much as the overall market, and then they'll reprice. 8899 chart, 8992-4278. On the next Invest Talk, one analyst sees rampant speculation in the market thanks to Fed policies. Is he right? And what could it mean for you? That story tomorrow, but now Justin Klein is here. He'll have unbiased answers. You've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, uh, I'm thinking to add uh, gold to my portfolio for uh, diversification. Uh, I have this stock uh, on my watching list, uh, B as in boy, T as in Tom, and G as in gold, B-T-G. What do you think? Thank you so much. Bye. Oh, this is B2 Gold Corp, about a $5.2 billion market cap. It's a Canadian company, has gold mining operations in Nicaragua, Na- Namibia, Na- Namibia, Namibia, there we go, and the Philippines. Now, the biggest risk here is the, are those locations, right? How politically stable are they, as, as well as the operations, how stable are, are those mines? Um, but if you're looking at the chart, very bullish, very strong consolidation. A lot of the gold miners uh, are, are similar. They just started paying a dividend, which I, I like. I'm going to make 45 cents a share this year as well as next year, probably a lot more if gold continues to go up. Yields a little less than 1%. And as good cash flow, I like it. I, I'm a fan. Definitely, definitely a good company, a good gold miner to, to hold. It's not one that we own for clients, but definitely wouldn't rule it out. Uh, I, I like it. B2 gold, BTG is the symbol. 8899 chart, 8899242278. And that'll go right into my last talking point, which is a rewind to March of this year, the end of March. And I'll give you kind of a 
a rundown of what was happening in the gold market as the pandemic was really intensifying. Credit Suisse, which has minted bars since 1856, they told clients to not even ask about getting physical delivery in the gold market because they didn't have any. They had shipped it all. And so bankers in London were chartering private jets to try to deliver bullion, gold bullion, to New York exchanges. The Royal Canadian Mint was swamped with requests to ramp up gold production to be taken to New York. So there's a lot of demand for physical delivery of gold and just it's very hard to come by. They said they, the Mint said they received unprecedented levels of demand, mainly from U.S. bankers and brokers. And only a handful of occasions since 2000 have gold prices risen more in a single week than they did at the end of March. And this included, included after Lehman Brothers' bankruptcy in September of 2008. So in times of crises, gold is a steady value. Cannot be printed like paper money. And for years, we pegged the dollar to gold. The gold that was sitting in Fort Knox and at the Treasury. But in 1971, President Nixon unpegged the dollar from gold. And thus, and ever since then, you've seen wealth inequality increase and the erosion of the value of the dollar, especially in relation to gold. So in times of monetary excess like we have now, economic uncertainty, and geopolitical uncertainty, gold tends to do very well. And I don't think I've seen in my career a better backdrop for gold. Not only is demand very high for obvious reasons, but supply is limited. Supply growth has been down for many years in a row. And new mines, or mines in general, a lot of them are being shut down. So, at least in the near term, that's a, it's a near-term issue, and that'll be resolved. But the fact that it's so hard to get makes it in even higher demand, right? Anything that has limited supply that you can't get your hands on, tend, people tend to fiend after it even more. So, I continue to think this is an incredible backdrop for gold. It depends how you want to get exposure. You want to own the physical, you want to just buy GLD, or maybe a miner. Depends on your risk level. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I'll return on Monday. STPs will be here tomorrow with highlights from the newest KPP premium newsletter. And please remember to download our April bonus show podcast. We call it the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. It is free, so please tell your friends about investtalk.com. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. 
Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 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 